our final four categories gentlemen and this is where things start to get uh, pretty serious um this is one that's near and dear to my heart i imagine it's probably near and dear to jack's heart as well it's best game music the nominees for this and i sent around just uh to kind of little background uh, i don't know if the lads had time but I, I sent around kind of a sampling of each of the first four nominees here uh whereas like with the last two that we kind of only added in pre-production here uh kind of their songs that we're all familiar with anyway um so best game music the nominees are axiom verge everybody's gone to the rapture metal gear solid 5 the phantom pain the witcher 3 wild hunt rock band 4 and guitar hero live uh i'm gonna start off by taking guitar hero and live and rock band as one because they are both games that use a lot of licensed music um i'm gonna throw this open to the floor do either you want to uh want to talk about the kind of um well you certainly brian have played more rock band four than jack i would imagine um just in relation to these two i think they feel like they're a bit of filler for the category man like i mean it's best game music to me is kind of like how we talked about how the visuals in soma were important to the experience of the game hmm. so when the game is the music it kind of feels like they don't belong in the category do you know what i mean so i um, probably i suppose but at the same time like without the music those games are nothing obviously yeah they don't exist but i mean so it is pretty integral yeah but in a different kind of way like i mean integral in that without them there is no game Whereas with the others, you could argue with great music, it's a better game. Okay. Can I eliminate uh, Guitar Hero for having Imagine Dragons on the soundtrack? <laughs> well, when it gets at you, I think... No, I'm up first on this one. Um, so, uh, <laughs> we'll... Uh, when you, when it's your turn, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. I might leave it for you. It does um, have Lazaretto by Jack White, it which does, is good. It does, which is a, a banger, as the kids say. Yeah. Um, at the same time, uh, yeah, I'd like to break tradition after the after the pump and circumstance <laughs> of the of the trombone and eliminate Guitar Hero for Imagine Dragons. Um, See, Dave will get me behind that because he'll want to keep Rock Band because of Carrie Underwood. Yeah. Oh, oh man, the amount of times we've done before he cheats by Carrie Underwood on Rock Band Four. <laughs> oh, we have uh, we have aced that song. But anyway. Uh, um, I'm suddenly sad I don't live in Dublin. It also <laughs> has Waking Up in Vegas by Katy Perry. It's oh. gone. <laughs> right That's not even a song with guitars. There's also Skrillex on uh, uh, Rock Band. Which is absolutely or not, band, not guitar hero. guitars. Or music. Did um, they reboot DJ Hero then as well to put in Skrillex? <laughs> um, Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Um, I'd drop it. 
it's it's a pretty great soundtrack though. Like I really like it. Um it and I I think it's good at ramping up tension at uh, really good moments. But here's the, the problem. The the Im- one of the uh I think the marks of it is that you don't always notice that it is ramping up the tension for you. But it is like it, what I will say that is the mark against it is that um, some it of the decides to wrap up the tension at the wrong time and glitches and plays you epic music during dull conversations and okay, dull conversations that, music that, during epic moments. That has literally never happened to me, but that sounds amazing. It's happened to me so many fucking times. <laughs> um, but uh, what I will say yeah, that that's the that's the mark against it is that um, like uh, sometimes uh, some of those songs get a little bit repetitive but you know in a 200 hour game there's not going to be 200 hours worth of original music written um Metal Gear Solid 5 there is an an interesting combination of like really cool um original music like that uh if you leave you know Jack when you go into your kind of your loadout screen before you go into a mission that kind of real trumpety uh, music that plays yeah, if, it if, starts on the big trill of trumpet. Yeah, if yeah. you if you leave that play for a while, that oh, is an unbelievable song. So good, and um, it gets you really in the mood to go down and, and fight some bad guys. Yeah, damn right. Um, and then like there's so there's original music like that, and then at the same time, it is possibly at least this year anyway. Um, it's possibly the best use of licensed music at very well placed times. Like we talked about, um. Uh, the Man Who Sold the World, the Mid-Year cover being used in there, uh, which is fantastic and appropriate and stuff like that. Um, and then there's like, as you go through the game and you collect different cassette tapes of uh, different kind of like 80s songs and stuff like that. Um, it, it's pretty great. I think so. Um, I it, it kind of, when a game is set in the 80s, it's almost a shame if they don't use some 80s music in there, some 80s pop music, because it really is the most evocative music of its time yeah. like there's a real connection between the evolving sound uh of the music and and what was going on in the world at the time and, and it's just such a good use which of it. which to this day jack is why the greatest grand theft auto game of all time yeah, is, is gta Vice city. city i was going to bring that up as my next point but yeah i was just going to run through some stuff like it has like you know she blinded me with science kid the kids in america which is an absolutely great song as well take on me by aha uh love will tear us apart by joy division there's just some absolute great songs on there so jack are you saying that you've got love for a game if it's set in the 80s oh for fuck's sake i (laughs) i've got hugs for a game if it's set in the 80s yes oh that, that actually physically hurt um axiom verge uh, again uh, it's back to what i was talking about the love letter to that kind of uh like um metroidvania game and kind of 8-bit or 16-bit kind of tunes um it's real good real creepy real interesting electronic music uh throughout that game uh it's really really awesome i can't uh, really speak highly enough of it if metroidvania games are the kind of game for you this is the kind of soundtrack you actually would put on in the background as you're working away um, it's it's good times and i want to end with uh, everybody's gone to the rapture which is genuinely one of the most special soundtracks to a game um i have played in a long long time and it is a soundtrack that is absolutely integral to creating the atmosphere that takes place in that game like that game is is quite weird and a lot of the um like the dialogue and stuff like that and the artifacts you come across does tell the story but I think 
for a lot of that game, and I, I talked in my review at the time, um, I reviewed this on the site, link to the cast.wordpress.com, um, and I talked a lot about how the music really helps tell the story. Um, absolutely blown away by like it's a it's a classical soundtrack that was composed um originally for the game, and it's just like it it is I think like the visuals are fantastic in the game and the art style they've gone with um is one thing and and it is fantastic but like the to me the the soundtrack just absolutely bowled me over and like you can feel like incredible an incredible range of emotions just listening to the music in that um in that game like it's just i i can't i i really can't praise it enough uh it was something that like i went out of the way to buy the soundtrack on itunes afterwards which is not something i i do very often um i'm trying to i'm, I'm sort of kind of like um uh <laughs> vamping here while i uh pick up the yeah, this is what I wrote in my review at the time. I was just trying to find my review. Uh, so I wrote at the time, I said, if the visuals are a considerable part of why this game is so enthralling, the soundtrack of the game just ha- has just as much impact. From the first swell of music as the game opened, revealing the world I was jumping into, it was clear that the soundtrack was something special. Composed by Jessica Curry, the classical nature of the score throughout the game complements both the beauty of the game's visuals and the tense and eerie nature of the story. It is a score that haunts you throughout your experience with the game, sweeping from beautiful to tense and also succeeds in being tragic and utterly heartbreaking at times listening to the music in the brief teaser trailer for the game should give you a good picture of what you can expect um so i just wanted to give that its due because it was something that really um stuck with me throughout the experience and made me come back and play that game multiple times Um, yeah so let's get to the elimination process i am starting chamber i i am starting and then i'll go to jack and then to brian so i will take the task of eliminating rock band four Okay, does that mean I have to eliminate Guitar Hero separately, or is it already uh, gone? No, I, I I will leave you to do Guitar Hero. <laughs> oh, 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 that's, yeah, just blackball it. It's gone. It's got Katy Perry on it, and Imagine Dragons. Yeah, I, I uh, left I left that just for you, Jack. That was my, that, that's my belated Christmas present to you. Uh, Brian, four left. I'm going to drop The Witcher. Okay, yeah, you were you were kind of you you immediately said you didn't want that to be on the list. Uh, is no, it like, is it is it purely because of that uh, coming in at the wrong moment sort of stuff, or what it's was your the glitching of the music and the repetitiveness of it? Like, yeah, it does. After a while, the same kind of couple of bits of music do get you. Like, I, I if they'd been more economical with the music because it didn't need music all the time. Yeah, you know, uh, so that there was more impact when they did use it, but like. A fight has the same music whether it's two bandits or a fucking massive griffin like. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, it badly executed. Okay. But honorable mention. Deserve okay. to be on the list but not the winner. That's fair enough. Uh I am going to go ahead and eliminate this might shock some people. Metal Gear Solid five. <gasps> and the reason I'm doing that is because whereas it is a quality soundtrack. Um, it leans heavily on licensed music as opposed to original score, whereas the other two uh, are original score all the way. Um, and I think for best game music, you've got to at least uh, lean heavily on original score, unless it is an absolute kind of like once in a generation uh, assembly of licensed music, like say Vice City was back on the PS2. Um, like Metal Gear Solid, like there's a lot of really cool uh, tracks in that. 
uh, and there are some good uh, original sounds, but I don't think uh, it's on the same level of um, creativeness and uh, originality as the other two. So that leaves Jack to wield the final axe here. Um, everything you said about everyone goes to the rapture is is spot on like i want to listen to a lot of the soundtrack based on your recommendation earlier and i just thought it was picturesque and and brilliant in every possible way and i wouldn't have enough to say about axiom um i mean obviously it's quite limited isn't it because they're going for a specific scope and a specific style to fit in with the old school kind of retro gaming appeal um so for me i would want to choose everybody goes to the rapture yeah. and, everybody's gone to the rapture over yeah that. and as someone who has played both games and loves both games i think that's that's fair like i love the axiom verge soundtrack and i think it's fantastic but uh i like i wasn't half as bowled over as i was by everybody's gone to the rapture so uh the winner of best game music everybody's gone to the rapture I just want everybody to know that doesn't uh, that can't see me because it's not a vodcast. Um, every time you do that trumpet, now I do a series of like Randy Orton esque poses of grandeur and arrogance. Um, <laughs> as you, I feel, you pose right out of nowhere. Uh, I do indeed. Um, right, we're moving on now. Uh, three to go. Next one is best console exclusive. To specify, this is the best game that only appeared on one home console. Um, the nominees being Bloodborne, Halo Five. Rise of the Tomb Raider, Splatoon, Super Mario Maker, and Until Dawn. Um, we've talked about Until Dawn, and um, it's kind of um, we've talked enough about the visual style. But I think in terms of the story, like it is uh, an homage and tries to recreate the feel of a slasher movie. Um, and I think Brian, you would agree from our big playthrough today and yesterday um, that it certainly achieves that and is a game that you mightn't have heard of because, like I said, Sony didn't do a lot of hype on this game coming out. But goddamn, when it came out, um, this game um, is absolutely fantastic. It is such a surprise package, um, and I am enjoying the absolute hell out of it. And it is a, a nice get that they that this is only on PlayStation. It's one of those games. There are very few games. It's pretty much the only the games on this list are pretty much the only games this year that are good for uh, like uh console exclusives um i'm there might be one or two emissions but uh these these are the ones and until dawn is certainly one that like if i only had an xbox or only had a wii u i'd be looking at people playing until dawn on youtube and going ah oh, fuckers uh what do you think bro um yeah see my problem here is with this is that um i have now played until dawn yeah. so the idea of console exclusive doesn't really matter to me when i have played it like my my vote for this list is probably going to be for Rise of Tomb Raider because I want to play it real bad. Okay, no, that's that, that, that's fair enough. But uh, um, you you would agree that like if you were on the oh, other side of the, the fence, um, okay, uh, that's that's fine. Uh, Super Mario Maker. Um, oh uh, yes, yeah. Anyone who's like a Nintendo kid or like a platforming kid or stuff like Why that. Are the only one of your friends, David, who's not a mad Nintendo head. Uh, I think pretty much because you are dead inside, my friend. Dead inside. So um but super mario maker is a thing that like i don't know about you jack but certainly myself and i think i can confidently speak on behalf of mark robinson that since we were kids we have dreamt of designing our own ideal mario game 
yeah. uh, our own Mario level. Um, I, I don't know if you feel the same uh, that way, but I, I certainly have like thought about the idea of like you know uh, just dicking around with that kind of stuff and just messing with uh, making a real kind of ridiculously hard level and things yeah. like uh, like uh, PC mods for Mario, like that Kaizo Mario that was real popular for YouTube, the real impossible Mario game. Um, became popular in the last couple of years and the idea that after all these years like after 30 years of mario that nintendo would hand the keys over to the player to make user generated levels because let's not forget like the whole little big planet craze that broke out on playstation is an unabashed attempt to do mario maker without license for mario maker you know what i mean to be a level designer like what what everyone wants to do to be a level designer uh like for any sort of platforming game is to create Mario levels. Um, and I think, like, it has come out and it has been better than anyone could have expected. Like, the, the creativity that people are showing in both making, like, the likes of levels uh, on the game where you don't have to touch anything, that the level is so intricately put together that it pushes you along through the level through a series of insane obstacles to land you right at the finish line. Uh with one second to spare and then at the other at the other end of things uh people creating levels that are so nightmarishly difficult you will feel yourself aging trying to beat them um uh, like by making the only criteria um for being able to upload a level online that they must technically be able to be beaten uh so when you go to upload a level you must be able to clear it once for you to be allowed to upload it and that's the only real criteria after that it's go nuts do what you want use the entire uh tile set from you can use uh mario one mario world or uh, mario brothers for wii uh and it's like it's just it's utterly fantastic um it is the game that a lot of people of our generation the generation before us have been waiting a long time for and it's something that i think it's going to get a nice few years of mileage out of the idea of a 2d mario which is very much kind of like there hasn't been a significant 2d mario in a long long time Um, and i think this really kind of um adds a few years onto its lifespan uh your thoughts jack i'll go along with that and everything that you just said like uh, uh, um uh the majority of the points that i want to bring up from a positive standpoint the only things i've got to say against it is that it's very much like nintendo have had a kind of tough year in the sense that they haven't i mean splatoon which we'll get onto a bit later in this category was a good game and, and took some money for them but like I, they haven't had that sort of marquee massive release and and this kind of was it for them and it is very much reliant on the user input as opposed to somebody creating something yeah. uh for you to then go through and then you can add stuff along if you want which i i i, I don't know i i there's there's a certain element of cheating obviously like you can go through and do old mario levels and stuff like that but it it it's a little bit i don't know it's a little bit of a, of a mickey take in that sense that they're kind of the, the 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 usp is they're selling other people's levels kind of online not selling as in actually charging for them but you know that's what people are going on there to play some like guy in japan who's made a level that will make you have a panic attack if you try and get through it or <laughs> somebody that spelt out the word fuck in goombas or something uh and you know that's 
and that's the only downside to it but it is tremendously fun to play and it's intuitive the design is great i always thought to myself when i was playing back in the day like mario's on game boy like ah oh, the idea of having hidden parts to levels that you didn't know about and stuff like that was always really intriguing to me and you can do that now you can go into a level and you can make your own hidden section and you can change it up and, and that's really great but yeah the the downside is that it's kind of like, right, well, we're not actually going to properly make this game. You kind of make it yourself, and this is our big release for this year. And uh, have fun, everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that, that's all fair enough, yeah. Um, Splatoon, then. Um, if you had told me a couple of years ago that, um, one, Nintendo was going to try its hand at the first-person shooter um, online multiplayer market... I would have laughed in your face. And then if you further told me that it would end up being awesome and one of the most fun experiences you were going to have that year, I would have laughed even more. But uh, that's what they did. Splatoon came out. Um, It's a really, really fun game. And I don't know if you got sucked into the whirlpool of obsession that Mark had with the game before he left us. (laughs) Not quite. Um, But uh, he certainly didn't seem to surface for a couple of weeks after Splatoon came out because that's all he was doing. Yeah, um, yeah, he got way into it. Uh, you'd have to have to get him on to talk about his love of Splatoon, but I, I found it fun it, from the little bit that I played. I bought it like full price and and didn't play it nearly enough. But the the most fun I had with it was just and it goes on to the next category a little bit. But the online uh, gameplay on it is 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 quite great. I think. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely true. Um, Rise of the Tomb Raider then um, like Brian said earlier on it might be um, if this was 2014 there would be heavy competition with um, Sunset Overdrive uh, because to me Sunset Overdrive and Rise of the Tomb Raider are the two biggest reasons uh, to own an Xbox One um, well, which have kind of slipped under the radar uh, well. indeed yeah well and part of that is because it's on a console that has sold buttons um, but Rise of the Tomb Raider is massively special. You've seen me play a bit of it, Brian, and like you said, it makes you want to get an Xbox One, so I think that really speaks for itself, doesn't it? Oh, me or Jack? Brian. Uh, no, definitely. Uh, I mean, like, it's, a, it's a game, like, you know, and considering I've played quite a few of the other games on the list, I've even played, you know, um, games that are on consoles that I don't have on this list, and at the end of the day, this one makes me want to drop, like, 350 quid on a console that i don't currently have yeah so yeah that like i said that speaks for itself really um and then halo 5 uh, that pretty much again speaks for itself it's a halo game uh aren't we done with halo at this point it's a heavy hitter but you know the thing is like it's a very good game i will say and i'm I'm speaking as someone who isn't really a fan of the halo series um like it is a lot of fun and nathan fillion should be in more video games um, yeah, but speaking of someone he's already in like every other video game though isn't he <laughs> he should be in all of them Zach that's what I'm saying Super Mario Maker starring Nathan, Nathan Fillion I see well if they made a Firefly video game like a really good one they can be yeah I was going to say a really good one because they did make that Firefly yeah. Online one that was terrible yeah. let's not let's not think about that like if they made a really good like because people have been trying to phone, fund a new Firefly series for years but that would be awesome if they turned Firefly into a proper video game oh absolutely um <laughs> slightly off off topic yeah there. But then, Halo, i mean I, I know brian just agreed with me and stuff there like i just i feel like that is a franchise that needs to just go away for a little bit uh, and, I, uh yeah and i think the plan after the next one is for it to go away for a while because they, they they're doing it in trilogies 
Um, so I think after six, they're taking time off unless they really panic and need something that will sell regardless of how good it is. Like, I used to be a Halo fan. Like, yeah. I mean, Halo 2 is to me one of the best FPSs ever made. Yes. Um, But Halo 3 was dog shit. And uh, Halo ODST was unplayable. And I think I played a bit of Halo 4 and got bored. And... I didn't get Halo Reach, and I've like watched you play a bit of Halo Five, and it's muck. Isn't there no split screen, split screen co op now in Halo Five? Didn't we discover that, Dave? Uh, yeah, yeah. Which again removes one of the best things about Halo, and one of the things I really enjoyed about Halo originally. Yeah, was... but again, like that's a uh, again that's another thing that's subjective because like for me the thing that's most important for any of these games is the multi uh, not the multiplayer sorry the single player campaign experience and then i think for an even greater number than either of us uh the most important thing is the online multiplayer which is also still there yeah i think that's always been the yeah but they took away the thing that i like (laughs) i know so yeah poor brian still Um, has plasma grenades though right yeah it does yeah oh yeah (laughs) i mean that's fine um, and then the, the final console exclusive and this is kind of just an honourable mention because I think out of the three of us I might have played this the most and I haven't played it very much at all Bloodborne um, no, you're alright thanks yeah console exclusive there is certainly a very large rabbit fan base for those Souls games uh, it is hard as coffin nails and I had to trade it in because I just couldn't play it because it was that difficult I wish I had enough time uh, in my life to dedicate to becoming good at those games but I do not um, so I want to throw it in as an honourable mention because there are a lot of people who really really love that game um, so let's go to the cutting floor. Uh, Jack, you will start, then Brian, then myself. Okay. Um, uh, see, uh, I'm gonna cut Halo just because I'm 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 I feel like I'm I feel like society has evolved to a point where I don't need to see a Halo game anymore. Yep, that's fine. So that's cut, Brian. Uh, I'm a cut Bloodborne. I had a feeling. That's grand. I don't disagree with that. That was just going in for real honourable mention. Um, I will, as much as I can already hear the uh, jet engines revving up in China to come and kick my ass, I'm going to get rid of Splatoon. <laughs> because he's not here to fight me on it. Yeah, he would. And that's, probably... that was his choice. <laughs> I think that's his choice for game of the year, or it's well, one of it his choices. His choice to not be here to fight you. Oh, I thought you meant yeah, exactly. Yeah, I am up for fisticuffs anytime. But it's all your fault, Mark. Yeah. So now we are left with three, and this is a decidedly difficult top three. Uh, I do not envy your choice here, Jack. No, and it's unfair for me to um, for me to do it because the two. The well, two if, games... if you want to recuse yourself and throw it over to to Brian, you can. I, yeah. I know I'm probably the best qualified to judge between the three of these, having probably. played all three of them uh, relatively extensively. But if uh, I had to make a decision, it would probably be the Tomb Raider game because from what I've seen of Until Dawn, it does look pretty great. But having not really gone through them both properly, I, I don't think it's fair for me to make that yeah. decision. Well, so. we'll, we'll move to Brian. Brian, I don't give a shit about fairness. Um, I'm not going to drop Super Mario Maker, obviously, because I'll be murdered in my sleep, because if this one doesn't run this category, I don't know, I'll be out in the street, probably. Brian, I wouldn't wait till you were asleep. <laughs> um, right to your face. Uh, you see, the thing about both uh, Rise and Until Dawn is they both kind of didn't get really huge amounts of publicity. They hadn't really been 
neither of them has been tipped as or turned out to be system sellers. Yeah. Um, and again, I come down to the kind of thing whereby I've now played Until Dawn. Yeah. So I want to say Rise of the Tomb Raider because I haven't played it and I want to play it. And it so makes me want to buy. You want to you want to keep you want to keep that on the list. I want to keep Tomb Raider on the so, list, and I'm going to drop Until Dawn, which is no okay. bad reflection on Until Dawn. No, well, it's made it into the final three, so yeah, you know. Um, right, that's a very difficult choice for me. No, it's not. Um, well, I yeah, you know which way I'm going on this, but I just want to like say at this point that both of these are excellent games, but for the fact that uh, the reason I give for this is because Tomb Raider is an absolutely fantastic game but at the same time is kind of just i wouldn't say slightly better a reasonably better version of a game that came out two years ago that is on all consoles and is a game that is not going to be console exclusive anymore by next christmas um because of that i'm going to axe rise of the tomb raider and super mario maker is our winner so best console exclusive Super Mario Maker. Jack. It's not what... <laughs> that, that was the best one yet. The long, the long pause and Brian's dramatic scream. It's just wouldn't play. And then, and then it cut me off mid-sentence of me saying it wouldn't play. It was very much, you were very much, I don't think this uh, this reference will ring true to you, but uh, I think Jack might get it. Uh, Brian there was very much like that kid that shouts Brett at Bret Hart. <laughs> <laughs> Brett! <laughs> um, uh, okay, so... A lone voice <laughs> in the darkness. So we're, we're down to two. Multiplayer Game of the Year. The nominees, Jackbox Party Pack 2, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, Pro Evolution Soccer 2016, Rocket League and Splatoon. Rocket League. Keep talking and nobody explodes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're like a sass, Jack. All over again. <laughs> right, we've talked, about, we've talked a bit about Splatoon. Do you want to... Uh, Tack on a bit about your on uh, your multiplayer experience with Splatoon, Jack. Yeah, I it's it's a lot of fun. Um, you you know you you're trying to there are two sides of a coin trying to fight out a level and color it in the uh, the most or the highest percentage of a certain color for your team, and uh, it's it's a very unique idea actually, and it it's a it's an online shooter game which doesn't make me feel totally inadequate as a human being and that is is a rarity because pretty much every other online shooter i go on i click into it oh, i'm dead already whereas splatoon isn't like that you know there's more of a tactical element to it and, and i quite enjoy that and it just looks great as well and it feels good to play yeah um then there's rocket league yeah so Rocket League became this absolute phenomenon um, this summer when it came out as a PS Plus game. Uh, it is available on PC as well. Um, um, and it just like, it's this game that came out with no fanfare whatsoever. Apart from the one I just gave it. Yeah, apart from that. <laughs> <laughs> and it just became an obsession of absolutely everybody. Like you remember the time, for, uh, first Brian, where I... 
like nearly bulldozed my way into your room and breathlessly declared how much everybody in the world needs to play Rocket League. What? Yeah, yeah. That, sorry, no. Yeah, confusing life and uh, dreams there. Uh, yeah, no, I, I remember you talking about Rocket League. <laughs> oh God. Um. Yeah, Rocket League. Uh, another game that uh, Mark Robinson disappeared deep down the rabbit hole into this year. I think. Um absolute like so easy to pick up and play um so rewarding to eventually become skilled at uh and so much fun whether you're bad or good at it um initially i will say the one the one thing i will say against it initially the servers were uh dodgy to say the least on rocket league but uh, that has since righted itself and it is uh, an incredible game to play pro evolution that's kind of like you know, that's kind of like the kid, though, who, who puts out on Facebook he's having a party and 800 people turn up to his party. I, I got to feel like the guys who made Rocket League were probably thinking, oh, yeah, we'll invest in this server. And then, as you say, when it snowballed in popularity, they didn't have nearly the, the sort of capacity that they would have wanted to to accommodate yeah, everyone trying to play Rocket League. That's true enough. Uh, Pro Evolution Soccer 2016. Um Talk, uh, Jack, you you are the sports game correspondent uh, on this show. Uh, yep. Talk to us uh, how the life of a, a football game fan, uh, how important online play is to those people. Very much so. I mean, unless you're a big sort of career mode guy. Which, which I am, actually. Which, yeah, I think I used to be. But ever since, you know, I started playing like PlayStation 3 and playing games online, it it's it's much better because you can play against the computer and the computer will start developing patterns. They will start doing the same thing in games. They won't try anything original. Every time you play someone online, it's a completely different experience. And it is a genuine football experience in the team in the sense that every team plays with different formation, different tactics. Everyone has a different style of play. So yes, online gaming is absolutely integral to the modern football game. It's it's not like FIFA ninety seven where you know you go around your mate's house and you everyone finds the exact angle that you always score from and you, yeah. every game ends up six five. Uh, very, I, I, you cannot now have a a football game and not have a very good and very detailed online mode. Yeah, and I think like uh, kind of further to uh, that. Uh, kind of um observation and uh adding that also to my my talk earlier on about how um this really is like a, a step back to the the spotlight for the pro evolution franchise um i think playing that game whether it's on your own or with friends as well is a lot more fun than it has been in a long time i think that um the relative quickness of the game compared to fifa 16 its counterpart uh, makes it a little bit more fun and a little bit more panicky sometimes because um, as I was explaining to Brian uh, when he was asking me what the real difference is between the two games this year um, I said to him like on FIFA if um, a centre forward uh, ghosts inside a defender and starts running past him um, there's a fair to middling chance that the defender will eventually catch up with him unless it's like a particularly fast striker uh, like a Messi or Ronaldo, something like that. Aubameyang. Um, Aubameyang, yes. Um, or uh, what's your man, uh, Musa at Seska Moscow is. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Particularly the, the fastest guy in the game. Yeah, yeah, particularly lightning quick. But um, by and large, you'll be able to like even a big hulking centre half will be able to catch up with most centre forwards. Whereas uh, the quickness of Pro Evo, if a striker beats a centre half, they're gone. 
that centre half may as well just stand still and watch the ball uh, because he is not catching the centre forward anytime soon. And I think that kind of when you're playing against somebody else and when you're playing online, especially like you said, with that added unpredictability of not being able to predict the patterns and block the attack before it gets past your back four, uh, it adds that extra level of drama and nervousness to the process of defending and maybe will make you reconsider, uh, say, committing men forward and stuff like that because you would need to have a, a robust defense uh, to deal with that. Um, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes is a game that I was talking to you about uh, off the air, I think, Jack. Um, where um, we talked about it at length on the podcast there one week uh, where it's kind of like a bomb defusal game where you print out a 24 page manual and uh, a team of two or a team of one whichever way you want to play it we played it when we played it we had four people so a team of two people are working away with their backs turned to you uh, with the manual and the other team have on the display on the monitor on the computer it's a PC game available on Steam um they have a bomb with different modules on it. And what they have to do is, as the diffusal team, they have to go and look at the module, describe the module so that the people in the manual can find the page that corresponds with the type of puzzle it is. And then they have to begin describing the exact uh, composition of each module to try and figure out what to do. Uh, because there are kind of like, um, for example, it's like you could see one with uh, a bunch of wires on it and some of them might be red, some of them might be white. And the what will be written in the manual when you can find that it's the module to do with the wires, it'll say something like, if the first wire is red, then cut the wire. If the first wire, if the second wire is red, do not cut the wire. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. So it's different things like that. And then there are like switches on it that like will tell you whether it's a switch you have to hold down to deactivate or whether you have to click it real quick or whether you have to not do anything with it. Um, like, and you can go and customize your bombs where you can increase the number of minutes you have to solve it, or you can decrease it, or you can increase the number of modules available in a bomb. And there's also like a list of pre-made bombs in the game for you to try and defuse. Uh, and if you're particularly uh full of yourself, you can add um, oh, what is it they're called? Um, there's a thing where basically none of the module, like some of the modules will not permanently be diffused. They'll reactivate every so often. Um, so that's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's very stressful. It's a lot of fun. Um, it, I don't know. That doesn't sound too fun to me. That just sounds <laughs> stressful. It can lead to, shall we say, some robust conversation, um, to say the least. <laughs> robust uh, conversation. Um, are, are you back there, Brian, yet? No, he's gone. Oh, you're back. Uh, excellent. Uh, yeah, uh, talk about your experience of playing Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes there, Brian. Frustrating. Uh, but In the good way. Yeah, it was challenging. Yeah. Um, intense. Yeah. Uh, where are you know it's gone? <laughs> Look at this guy, professional with his notes. He's got notes. Look yeah. This guy. Huh? I'm impressed. Go on, yeah. What? yeah. I've got a trumpet. In- intense and like I mean it, you end up highly strong like you're you're screaming and shouting you, you really get it's bizarrely for a game that you can play with two groups of people separated just to either side of a sitting room yeah it's really immersive like um, it, it really kind of gets it's the kind of game where if you were a prick you could kind of ruin it by being deliberately shit um, but at the same time, you just you get so invested in it that you know you really fucking want to defuse this fucking bomb. And no, no, the, the other one, no, the other one, no, I don't understand these instructions. Wait, what? Stop. Say it again. Kaboom. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, then there's the, the Jackbox Party Pack 2. Um, we have a lot of fun in this house with the Jackbox Party Pack, Brian. Um, whenever it is games night in the house, that is something that we, we trash out a little bit of fibbage or some quiplash or some uh, drawful. Um, so, like, uh, tell me, tell me why. <laughs> some, oh, are you not familiar with the Jackbox Party Pack, Jack? I can't say that I am, despite sharing a moniker with it. Uh, yeah, they are um, like a compendium of party games. Um, the like which, Mario Party. Uh, kind of, except uh, not as um, mind numbing. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, you don't like Mario Party? Uh, look, a, look. A when it's when, for another day. look when it's time to have a Mario Party party, I'm down with the best of them. But uh, I, I don't know. I really love this Jackbox Party Pack. Um, there are games like Fibbage where, like, I'm not going to get into this cause we, too much because we've talked about it before, but, like, Fibbage where, um, basically, the the real kind of handy thing that helps with even people who aren't gamers to play the Jackbox Party Pack is that instead of using controllers, everybody can use, like, a tablet or a phone or a browser to log into their game. And um, in Fibbage, for example, there will be a question, and then everyone has to come up with a plausible lie as the answer. You get points for guessing the correct answer and you get points for having a lie that's believable enough that some people guess that that is the answer. Um, And then there's like Drawful where <laughs> you have to draw pictures on your tablet or on your browser or on your phone and people have to try and figure out what it is. Um, Quiplash where you have to try, it's like Fibbage except you're trying to come up with the funniest answer. Um, like it is, it's a lot of fun, and we we have had some very silly fun with it, Brian, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, with um, Fibbage, I find it really hard because you the the game the to win the game is you make that you you come up with the most convincing lie, the most plausible lie. Whereas I constantly fall into the trap on Fibbage of putting in the funniest possible answer that I can think of, which means I usually lose Fibbage. Um. Quiplash then is isn't the Quiplash is the one where Quiplash is the one where you actually get points for having the funniest answer. Yeah, um, that is a game where I kind of I always feel though that I get less good opportunities or options to come up with something as clever as in Fibbage. But no, yeah. I mean they're 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 so much fun. Like I mean they're you know it's just it, it's a great kind of mul- like truly multiplayer experience where you can have five or six people sitting around in the room together. Yeah. Like, um, I, like I could have easily taken that game, like taken my PlayStation home for Christmas, and my grandparents could have been able to play the Jackbox part, Jackbox Party Pack without much explanation. Oh, they're so accessible. Yeah, they really are. Like, Which I think uh, really speaks to its quality as a multiplayer experience. Like it's the ultimate, I suppose, in a way, in casual gaming. Yeah. In sort of a way, like, but on a multiplayer kind of level with multiple people, and this kind of thing where you do. Like, because, I mean, we've had it before. We've played it with, you know, a couple of us in the room and a couple of people who aren't in the room yeah. playing. And it's not really as good for them, I don't think, in the yeah. same way. Like, it is one of ones where you get everybody together in person and sit down and have a good time. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, all right. Time to cut some shit. Uh, Jack, you were first up on this. Then we will go Brian. And then we will go myself. Um... I'll be honest with you, like, of the ones that I haven't played, it's only keep talking and nobody explodes in the Jackbox Party Pack. Yeah. And the Jackbox Party Pack sounds 
way more fun to me. So I feel like I would need one of you to step in and cut a game first because I okay. don't want to. Okay. I don't want to cut one of those two games with no experience of them. Well, but pass- if, yeah, if you had to choose between one of those two, which would you cut? I'd cut the Jackbox Party Pack. Yeah, so would I. Because yeah. with the huge variety you get in it, there, it is hit and miss for the quality of the games that are in it. Yeah, so uh, so would I. Uh, and part of that is also because uh, the Jackbox Party Pack 1 uh, already came out, so it's not exactly reinventing the wheel, whereas Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes is uh, a completely unique experience that I've never had before. I see. Yeah. Okay. I'd, agree, I'd agree with that. I'd keep, keep, keep talking. Okay, so will we get rid of Jackbox then? Yeah. Okay, so Brian, you're up. I'm going to cook Pro Evo. I had a feeling you were going to. Um, yeah, uh, I want to say as we're cutting that, the downside of that is even though it's a great game to play and it's a fun multiplayer experience, the downside is you have to depend on Konami servers, which I don't think I need to say any more about. <laughs> um, okay, so now it is to me. I am going to cut... Splatoon. Splatoon is like the Leonardo DiCaprio of our awards. It really is. It's actually no. Do you know what? Craig David. Do you remember he got nominated for six Brit Awards and didn't win a single <laughs> one in one year? <laughs> yeah, that, that reference is <laughs> not dated at all. That is incredible. Um, and yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio was around before Craig David, right? Yeah, but Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio was still going. Craig David. <laughs> What are you talking about? I saw Craig David down the shops the other day. <laughs> I'm actually, do you know what? I'm going to do an unprecedented, I'm going to recant. Uh, because I think that uh, the more I think about it, um, the more I think in terms of like, because what you want multiplayer to be is you want it to be fun above all else. And I think Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, where it is a, uh, is a unique experience, it can be incredibly stressful. It doesn't sound fun. I mean, I'm I, sure, like, if I played it once, I'd enjoy it. But I don't. It doesn't yeah. sound like something I keep going the back other, to. The other, the other thing I was thinking of as well, it hasn't had the broad, the broad multiplayer success that, uh, like, not as many people are talking about this game as a great multiplayer game as they are with Splatoon. So I'm going to recant and I'm going to eliminate, keep talking, and nobody explodes instead. And I'm going to hand this. This is a real Sophie's choice to hand over to Jack now. At least it's two games you played to. Uh, yeah, it's two games I've played, and, and I have a feeling I know where this is going. I mean, it 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 just is. It's it's got to be Rocket League. Uh, like, yeah. It's not even any <laughs> yeah. doubt in my mind. It's like, you know, you remember the episode of Top Gear where they had the cars and they were playing football, and it seemed like a good time. It's like that, but fucking awesome. Yeah, like it's just so much fun, and you. It's a sort of to me the mark of a good multiplayer game is it's something you can play for four or five hours or something you can play for half an hour you can get him from work before dinner you can play it for half an hour and that's it or you can get him from work and you cannot eat and you can go to about half 11 and realize there's only one kebab shop open that you can order from and they don't even have stuff you like it's just so much fun to play it splatoon is a lot of fun but it's just not in the same league pardon the pun as rocket league for me personally if there's anyone that wants to fight me on it i'm more than no, willing to I'm, hear i'm happy enough to let it let that happen because uh i was in rapture with rocket league as well um so unless brian you don't have any do you have any no i'm happy with that you're not gonna throw a flag on the play grant um so multiplayer game of the year is rocket league I 
I like how there's just. <laughs> That's an additional note. <laughs> I like how it was just a pause the last couple of times where you just you just might think Jack has forgotten. <laughs> yeah. it's perfectly timed. The, the, the issue is, guys, I'm gonna pull the curtain back here. Is a YouTube video and it's a dude <laughs> and and he's standing so perfectly still that I keep trying to skip it forward to the moment that he starts playing the trumpet. But there's always that little bit of delay where it's just completely silence and he's not moving. And then for a second, I'm like, oh, God, it's not working. And I go to press the button and it just starts playing the trumpet every time. Uh, um, and so we arrive at the main event of the evening. Game of the year 2015. The, fir- the, first, <laughs> the first time I will drop you from this call. Um, <laughs> Say Skyrim. Yes, he did. Hey, it's all about Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Um, the first time we are to award a game of the year so this is a very very serious category altogether and because uh, Mark isn't here he's going to have to live by this for a year as well so the nominees are oh, please can we choose Mark as solid <laughs> <laughs> I'll give anything the, the nominees are Batman Arkham Knight Dying Light Her Story Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Rocket League, (laughs) Super Mario Maker, The Beginner's Guide, (laughs) Witcher 3, Wild Hunt, Axiom Verge, Until Dawn. So... Now, what I want to do for this is that I want to get the medal positions. So I want to do, I want to get it down to three, and then I want us to get a first, second, and third in order. Does that sound good? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go through this list and uh, have a look at the ones we haven't really talked that much about so far. So story in the beginner's guide, really. Um, yeah. Well, now we haven't talked on this show a lot about Dying Light. Um, Jack, your familiarity or lack thereof with Dying Light? Uh, yeah, it would have to be a lack thereof. I'm afraid. Um, so Dying Light is basically the game that Techland wanted to make when they made Dead Island. It is a fantastic first-person survival horror game in a sandbox environment, um, where you're walled into a city with a mass of infected zombies um it is gripping it is at least in brian's uh view as someone who is more startled by scary games than i am uh terrifying at times uh the it is possibly uh, i can't really think of a game that utilizes parkour mechanics better like Um, it's, it's dead it's dead island with car with parkour without bright colors and so much more grim and Dead Island was pretty grim. Yeah. Um, it is uh, an absolutely incredible game uh, and one that I, I thoroughly recommend to people. Um, her story is one of the most unique experiences I've had all year. Um, it is a a game that entirely relies on FMV, um, full motion video. So uh, you're basically, the entire interface for the game is a search engine of a police database where you use any term you can think of to narrow down search results to get uh, different clips of this woman being interviewed three times over the course of a number of years about something that happened. 
and by refer refining your search terms based on what you encounter in each video, you get to the bottom of what you think is going on. Um, I don't know if I'm doing a great job of selling it, but it certainly is. Brian, can you describe what I looked like that evening that I played this game? Um, Do you recall? No. Basically. I recall. You were excited. <laughs> I was indeed. I came down and basically came down into the kitchen with my laptop open and did not look up at anybody. Oh, I remember that. The entire world fell away from me. I was that absorbed in it, being an amateur detective. Um, in a world where the kind of stuff that's in vogue at the moment is the likes of um, Serial or The Jinx or Making a Murder or things like that, this game came along at the, really the right time. Uh, it's one of the best performances by anybody in a game this year. That woman, uh, Vita Seifert, I think her name is, that plays the, the woman, the only person you see in the entire game. She was in a band. Was she? Yeah, she was in a band called Bikini Atoll. Who <laughs> who uh, were around like sort of like an early two thousands y kind of time. I I, I remember them because they're kind of like post rock, and I, I went through a real big post rock fa uh, phase. And I think she was either keyboards or bass in that band. Huh. But I remember seeing because um, you know I still f sort of follow. Uh, post rock and sort of alternative rock in england and i remember seeing that she was in a video game and as you were talking and as you just mentioned her name the whole thing just completely clicked back into my head now but i didn't check the game out um it is definitely like it's, it's i think it's only like a fiver on um steam to pick up um it's like it's really special it's really gripping it's not going to take you that long uh, like it'll only take you about three to four hours um and it's a game that's very unique in as much as there is no way to really definitively beat the game. It's more like you have to watch enough videos to the point where you become satisfied that you know what has happened. Uh, which and then do you and then do you reach a verdict and and they give you they give you the news whether you got it right or not? No, nope, they don't. They leave it open to interpretation. They basically there is a mechanic in the game which allows you to basically tell the game that you are satisfied. You know what happened. You then get to type in what you think happened and whether you are right, whether you are wrong, the game ends then. Because the entire... Uh, the, yeah, you see, that's what wow. that's what will ward some people off that would prefer to know definitively what has happened. But it is an interesting thing to me that like the only thing that keeps you playing the game is like that drive to get to a point where you are satisfied with what you believe to have happened. Um... It's very, very, very intriguing, and like it is, uh, like it's a completely mind blowing experience, and well, well off the beaten track. It is nothing like um, the typical kind of AAA fare you would get, um, and that's why I put it in that list for inclusion. Um, Metal it does Gear... sound really interesting. I, I doesn't. Can you think of many other video games that have had that sort of dynamic to to sort of close it out, where you don't necessarily have any achievement because i think like people are now with like trophies and rewards and stuff people are so obsessed with goals in video games that mm. it's, it's quite refreshing to me that someone would just toss something like this out there very much the inception ending is yeah. is the uh, pendulum still spinning or not we, we're never going to find out yeah that's exactly what i said to uh, mark when we talked about it on the show that it is very refreshing that basically instead of like giving you the achievement of saying yes you are correct roll credits it's basically asking you to look in at yourself for the sense of achievement and a job well done that you have actually looked at all the evidence you can find 
and made a judgment based on that and as kind of like an almost like performance art piece it leaves it open to interpretation rather than holding your hand and telling you what everything means the whole way through um it's definitely like really it's almost like it's almost like um it, it kind of flies in the face of what a definition of of a video game would be in in a way then because yeah. it is kind of like an interactive detective story and yeah. not in the sense where you're because it's video realistic and everything's fmv you, you you're seeing someone physically there speaking to you um not like what what was the game where um it was kind of like a noir crime game and you just sort of pressed and it was all quick time events do you remember? It was about oh. four or five years ago. Oh. I don't know why. Uh, it was on PlayStation. No. Yes. Was it? Oh, Wait. It was, that no more wasn't black and white. No, no, no. no. Murdered um, Suspect. No. I can't remember. But the yeah, identity. it was... The Born Identity. Yeah, it, it, was, it, was the, it was the Born Identity. And it was a great that game. That game was all quick time events. It's the Poseidon Adventure. Gene Hackman played a priest in that. Yeah. Gene Hackman is. We're a not going to get an answer. <laughs> yeah, we're not. We're not going to get to the bottom of this. But um, yeah, like it is an incredible subversion of what you expect from the the kind of the like you said the the goals and rewards you expect at the end of a game. Uh, yeah. And that is just that as well as the narrative of being like an interactive uh, crime investigation. Like is why it, it goes on this list. Would you term it a video game though? Based uh, on that's based what, on what you've described. You see, we had that. Um, we had that discussion on the show, and I would call it a video game because <laughs> way too much like Mark for my own good. <laughs> yeah, I think we're we're getting to the point now where we, until like this generation, within the last five or six years, maybe even, um, we've had a very narrow definition of the types of things a game is allowed to be. But much like television, much like cinema, much like any other kind of art form, it is an art form. So the only limits on what a video game is is how creative you can get with it um mm. there is a certain level like it's certainly not a movie it's certainly not a tv show there is that level of interactivity and immersion that you can only get from a video game it doesn't it's something that does not that cannot exist properly outside its medium like it would yeah. not it would not work as a tv show it wouldn't like it probably it might be a good tv show but it would not work the same way as a tv show or a movie or a book or anything like that like and that's why i would definitely like class it as a video game a video game is whatever you want it to be you know what i mean um, yeah i think i was thinking of la noir by the way oh really okay yeah I've, I've, i thought i thought about it and i think that's what i was thinking of um we have metal gear solid 5 we've talked about that um rise of the tomb raider i've talked a bit about that rocket league we've professed loved for that same with super mario maker the beginner's guide is one that i want to throw in for an honorable mention because it is another one of those, is it really a game? Um, is it about sex? No, it's not. It's um, the kind of loose, and it's one of these things that is open to interpretation because the guy who made the game will, uh, for a long time, is not is intending not to do any interviews where he explains what's happening or what happens, or whether the game is entirely fiction or truth. Uh, but it's about the guy who created the game who had a friend that he knew online who designed a bunch of half-finished games and what and then disappeared and doesn't talk to him anymore. So what he's done is he's compiled a bunch of that guy's games together and walks you through it while narrating 
basically trying to get inside the mind of this other person and explore like complex things like depression and alienation and um kind of like uh ownership of art and things like that um it's really really strange and it is definitely much like her story is not for everybody this is super not for everybody um it is like it is very out there it is very much video games as art kind of um category but uh certainly deserves as uh like i said much like with her story as being able to in 2015 present me with a unique experience i have not had before in a game it's definitely worth including on the list um yeah uh the witcher 3 wild hunt um i think we talked i think we for, talked about that a lot we talked for that uh, we talked about nearly an hour and a half on that the day that we covered it uh on the on the podcast uh axiom verge i've talked about and until dawn we've uh, we've talked about on this podcast so far so i think uh, the time has come gentlemen and we will be starting with brian then me then jack and this is where things could get a little tense and combative, I think. So, Brian, make the first cut. Uh, I'm going to cut Batman. Ooh. Ooh. That's an interesting one. That's an interesting one. Um, I personally am not going to fight that. Uh, because whereas I really did like it. And I really think on PS4, it is one of the games of the year. I don't think it makes the top three on my personal list. So for that reason, I am out. Jack, you've only played a little bit, so yeah, I can't. I can't really defend it. Okay, uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna let it go. I, I okay. think it would be cut naturally anyway. So cutting it up front probably yeah. makes things a little bit easier going down the stretch. Yeah. Right. So that's gone. I. I'm going to cut, again, Harry Curry. I am going to cut The Beginner's Guide. Because, like I said, it really, really isn't for everybody. It deserves to be on the list. deserves to be uh, get an honourable mention. But um, of the games remaining on this list, the way I look at it is um, it is going to appeal to by far the least amount of people of all of those. So, unless anyone has an argument against that, I'm going to remove it. Uh, uh, no. Okay. Jack, I I am going to cut uh, <laughs> Rise of the Tomb Raider, <laughs> the Leonardo DiCaprio of this okay thing because it has been mentioned in an awful lot of categories yes. and it is yet to tread water and actually win any of the awards. So if therefore the sum of its parts are not worth winning any individual awards, then perhaps as a whole it, it shouldn't be taken home the game of the year for that reason. Okay, that's that's a that's lawyered. A, that's a very fair analysis. Uh much as I think I, I think like if I have the time to go and beat that game, I think I could have made a stronger argument. But as I'm only about like a third to halfway through it, I, I, I can't really I can't definitively say that that's the game of the year. Um so I can't really fight that one. So we'll get rid of that. Brian, I think I know where this is going. I'm going to cut Axiom Verge. I had a fucking feeling. <laughs> yeah, I love that game. I love that game to bits, but again, it's another one where um, it is neither a one that will appeal to the masses or an entirely unique experience because it is in itself a love letter. See, that's the bit, not necessarily the opinion bit, because I think it should appeal to everybody because it's class, but yeah. because it is not, 
its own game really it's a an homage to a genre yeah it's getting tough I am going to cut until dawn um it's fantastic we're having a lot of fun with it at the moment but um one of the things that will definitely um a game of the year for me is something that at least to some extent i'm going to want to come back and play again you know what i mean and i think until dawn because it's a slasher movie now there are because it's the kind of thing where uh, again, Jack, you wouldn't like because you haven't got much experience with this game. Any number of the ki- the eight uh, friends that are in this game can survive, and any of them can die. So you can end up with all eight of them alive. You can end up with just one of them alive, or all of them could die before dawn. The whole point is to try and get as many to survive until dawn. And there, are, uh, what myself and Brian can only assume are multiple opportunities for each character to die. <laughs> and multiple like there are so many permutations of how things go based on your decisions that we don't even understand how all the strings are being pulled behind like we don't understand how we're arriving um, at where we're arriving at now with about like I think one hour left on the game well I mean put it like, I'll put it like this there was the bit where we got the warning that uh, to be careful because one of the characters might lose their fingers in a bear trap and about what was it about 15-20 minutes after that you reckoned you'd passed that bit and not got hit by the bear yeah. trap and, and then, then three about hours three later, hours later it happened and I got caught um, and I had to cut my hand off or cut my fingers off with a machete um, it was uh, it, it's really really good and it definitely should be on this list and I'm glad it is in a top 10 um, well, top seven, really. Uh, but uh, do either of you have a particularly strong argument to keep it ahead of anything else? Mm, couldn't comment. Brian? I'd be highly tempted to keep it ahead of Dying Light, but only to drop it next time round. That's uh, not really it. A... <laughs> See, that's the thing. Like, yeah. I, I mean, like, I, I, could argue, I feel like it should stay in, but I don't feel like it's the game of the year. So it's, you know, swings and roundabouts. Would you, like, is this the hill you want to die on? No, because it's, it's not going to yeah. be the one that I think should be game of the year. Okay. In, like, in comparison to some of the others on the list, I mean, okay. I feel I feel bad that it's getting cut because I feel like it is, like, the more I talk about it and just mention that bit with the fucking bear trap, I was like, no, I, I've, I've even in my own head been selling this game short a little bit. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to beat, I mean, it is... You know, to go back to Leonardo DiCaprio, like it's a, it's a great fucking game and it's a must play. I do think, yeah, from what we've played of it, but I don't think it's going to win the Oscar this year. Okay, until dawn is gone. That leaves the top six: Dying Light, Her Story, Metal Gear Solid Five, The Phantom Pain, Rocket League, Mario Maker, and The Witcher Three: Wild Hunt. I am going to eliminate. Wait, isn't it my guy? It's Brian. Just... It's Brian than me. Oh no! I yeah, I eliminated until dawn, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Oh, my apologies, bastard. My apologies. Was, um, because Brian started talking there for a while, I just I, it's been it, it's yeah. been it's been a long recording session, guys. It certainly has. Okay. Um, for the reason that you mentioned in there, and um, just in terms of yeah, replay value, um, I'm going to have to eliminate her story from your description because yeah. it sounds like a one-time only thing. It sounds like something. 
you know, a film that you maybe want to watch one time because it's really, really good and it's really, really impactful, but it doesn't have to say the rewatch value that you want to go back again and, and show your friends and stuff because it, it seems like it would become tedious if, if you were to replay it. Usual and, suspects. Yeah. And also, uh, exactly. And also, I wouldn't want to give Game of the Year to a game that I could pretty much just watch on YouTube and have the same experience. Now, I know that sounds a little bit cloying in a way because of the Let's Plays and stuff, but to me, it's it's never as good as actually getting your hands on it and controlling it itself. But mm. realistically, you would pretty much be putting in the same sort of input you would be as someone else playing it on YouTube and showing you and, and walking you through it. And for that reason, I don't think it could be game of the year even though it does sound like a very interesting and unique proposition yeah it's fair enough right so we'll get rid of that i'm happy that it did that well to be honest um right so we are left with five dying light metal gear solid five rocket league mario maker witcher three it is now up to brian see this is tricky this is this is like the the all five of these are genuine contenders. Cause see, I want Jack to still be my friend after we finish this because we've <laughs> just met, we just added each other on Facebook, you know, while we were, you know, talking away here, and I don't want him to hate me. I know where this is going. <laughs> but I'm gonna drop Rocket League. Just okay. because. Just no, I mean, okay, I I can take it. I I can take. It. <laughs> Like, no, no, like, I, I, mean, I, I know Jack is still psyching himself up for the fight that I know is coming. Yeah, like I, I mean, like I thoroughly enjoy Rocket League, and I mean it is fantastic. Remember when we talked about uh, Battlefront before about how if you play it for more than thirty minutes, it gets shit and repetitive and dull and shallow. Yeah, Rocket League is a game which probably has less in it than that, but you can play it for longer than thirty minutes. Yeah, you know. So I mean, like, I think definitely as it deserved to be on the original shortlist and to get this far but i think in terms of what else it's up against there you know in terms of game experience and and what's in there for you to take from in terms of story and that i think now is a time for it to go okay yeah i'm happy with where it got to though because i feel like in terms of the amount of time spent playing it this year and the amount of fun i had out of it i think that's about right it's kind of like the comedy film, isn't it? Where you can enjoy watching it over and over again, but you know it's never going to be a Shawshank Redemption-style yeah. masterpiece. Mm. Now, we're down to the exact four I thought we would be. I call this Dying Light, Metal Gear Solid Five, Super Mario Maker, and The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. I am going to... Wait, it is me, isn't it? Yeah, I don't. I just, yeah. don't, I just don't trust myself now. Um, yeah, I am going to eliminate Dying Light. Fucking knew you would. I am going to eliminate Dying Light. Um, it is fantastic. I love it to bits, and I was. It was a toss up between two games for me to eliminate here, and when I look at the two games, I was thinking of. Which one of these games is still going to be played in five, six years? Uh, it's not Dying Light. Um, as good as it is, uh, it's not going to be played. Just much. saying now, if this goes for it, I think it's going to go, Jack, I'm going to steal something you said earlier if it comes to it. Just saying that vaguely and cryptically now. Uh, no one wants to fight me on Dying Light, by the way. No. Okay. No, no fight. Right, Jack. 
Right. You said you want to get to a specific top three, so we've got to a top three now. Yes. Now, uh, now, now comes the. We'll be. We... We'll axe the games like we were, but the game, the the game you pick. Well, the game we get the consensus on to get rid of next is the one that will finish third place. Okay. Uh, now, unless at this point we let's don't all take wait... a vote on this one, then let's and and let's do it like that. Oh, okay. Right. Um, See, Dave doesn't want to vote because oh Dave my vote will, will hamper Dave's debate skills. No, it won't. It's that it's coming down to... Uh, uh, right, okay. We'll do a vote then at where we stand right now. But before I do that, um, no one else... Like, Are we confident in those three? We want to lock those three in for our top three and we don't want to throw anything in there at the last minute. And if you say Skyrim, I swear to Christ. <laughs> Pong! <laughs> Skyrim was pretty good though, right? Yeah. Even in 2015, it was still good. <laughs> um, right, so we're okay with that. Uh, right, so... If at this moment you had a gun to your head, Jack... Yes. And you had to pick your number one out of these three... Oh, I'm going for my number one. Oh, you, you want to do your number three? Okay, yeah, that's yeah. Okay, we'll do that. Yeah, yeah. Your okay. number, your number three from these three. Where is your vote at? Of of the of the games which yeah. I've played, uh, these three, I would have to say, just in terms of say like the all round package. Yeah. If I were to eliminate one right now, it would be Mario Maker. I agree. I agree as well. Right. Well, wow, uh, that was. <sighs> <laughs> right okay okay and once again brian about <laughs> two months ago when i first said to you that we were going to do a game of the year you said i should probably play metal gear solid because it's going to come down to this <laughs> what was the exact first and second place i said it was going to come to who were the two witcher and metal gear yeah that's exactly what i said and here is the problem for me going into this here is I the problem metal gear. you haven't played metal gear i've played a little bit of the witcher you haven't played much of the witcher but you've played a little bit i have played a a lot of both and i imagine jack you will be fighting solidly in the corner of big boss brian yeah. will be fighting in the corner of Geralt, and and i am utterly torn <laughs> so it's, so, so there, we have yeah we have we, what I, I can only describe as a stalemate at the moment and i just want to throw it out there to you guys because i knew this was going to happen and i didn't want to talk about it i want i want this to come organically um so no, i want to honestly shut up i want <laughs> i want to <laughs> see i want to see what you guys and the correct answer to this next question about to ask isn't you pick what do you guys think is the fairest way to proceed here um, should I get each of you to uh, make a nice soapbox speech about uh, your respective game that you're throwing your support behind and see if one or other speech sways me? Or is there a different way that we should do things? What do you think? Honestly, Dave, um, I'm championing Melga Solid and yeah. it sounds like Brian is championing The Witcher. That's what I mean, So, yeah. So I think that 
it's quite clear that we each think our respective game is the best game that we've played this yeah. year, this year of 2015, other than Skyrim. So I think the only fair way here, theoretically, is for you to decide which game that you think is best. This is Look, so like, unfair. <laughs> no, but like if you look at it right, like the only difference between a speech I'll give and a speech Jack will give will be colloquialisms and vocabulary. Like, <laughs> you know, we're, we're both going to make right. valid arguments because they're both amazing games. That's why yeah. they're our top two. Yeah. But again, the point is, you're the one who's played the most of both, Dave. Yeah. And you are right. our host. Okay. I look will... at what you think the negative parts of yeah. each game are. Look, look, at the, right. look at the downside of The Witcher. Look at the downside of Right, I'll tell you what. This is what we'll do. I'll consent to be the tiebreaker. What I will ask is that I will, I will ask you both in turn to briefly explain why your respective one is your game of the year. So they each get their case. They each get to be the, the fine people who are still with us at this point. Well, I think I am almost certainly going to split this into two shows. Um, but I, I think you make your impassioned defense of why this was the best game you played this year. And then I will discuss from my standpoint what the flaws with each one was. And then I will go and make the tiebreaker. Does that sound fair? It, it could sound fair, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know one of you is going to be just very upset with me after this oh you know what i i wouldn't be upset because genuinely if you believe that the witcher is better than metal gear solid 3 then it's a two to one vote and that is democracy my friend okay that's at the end of the day i'm gonna sleep tonight (laughs) probably quite comfortably (laughs) thanks (laughs) that really helps um so back in this fucking podcast though (laughs) right um, what I'm going to do is use a little tool that myself and Brian found online last week. Myself, oh, don't you dare muss out. No, no, not for not for making the tiebreaker. No, not no, no, not for making the tiebreaker, but for deciding which one of you does your speech first. Right. So uh, myself and Brian have this uh, terrible habit of being indecisive when it comes to watching movies. So what I I googled a random choice generator, which allows you to put in your multiple choices and it will pick one for you. So I am using this same one that we used last week, Brian, and I've put in Jack and Brian, and I'm going to figure out which one of ye should go first. Jack, you have the floor. Wait, was there not any more dramatic? No, okay. <laughs> it's literally like it is the most basic kind of button. yeah. It's basically I just wrote Jack Brian hit choose and your name popped up as the chosen okay. item. So Jack, uh, take uh, as long as short or short as you need to make uh, your impassioned argument for Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain as being game of the year 2015. Metal Gear Solid Five is the best game I've played in in quite a while. It is an insanely uh, detailed and beautiful sandbox into completely immersive and realistic environments, which also happen to be war zones. There's a genuine and, and meaningful complexity to the game in the sense that you feel like there's a there's a something that's going on that you're a bigger part of than just the regular storyline uh there's 
complete and utter diversity in the way that you not only play or have tactics, but each individual mission can be completed in so many different ways and through so many means that not only does it give the game itself replay value, it gives each individual mission and each individual part and objective of each mission a replay value because you can do things in different ways and, 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 and play around with it. There are insane levels of uh, abilities and gadgets and guns and things that you can develop to play with it's just absolutely breathtakingly beautiful to look at it's the most realistic animals i've seen in a video game like i don't think i've ever seen about a horse in a video game even assassin's creed can't can't boast something like that you can lift people up into the air on balloons and and steal them back to your base which is pretty hilarious to do and above all it is a fraction of a timeline of what is an overarching absolute confusion but still genuinely flawed masterpiece which is the Metal Gear Solid uh Metal Gear Solid overarching timeline and it's a game that despite taking a a, a big left turn from a lot of its brethren still manages to be genuinely enthralling and engaging and fantastic and you know why it's special it's kojima's last metal gear solid game he will never ever again step foot through the doors of konami unless oh, they... here i call bullshit on this what <laughs> <laughs> you're not no that's that's not fair that's plucking on the heartstrings there man. that's you know you're no longer talking about the game there you're talking about how shit uh, Konami have been to Kojima. I can't argue that point. <laughs> yeah, CD Projekt Red, they stopped stocking proper coke in their vending machines and only had diet coke. It was terrible. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's it's it controls better than any Metal Gear Solid game I've I've ever played. You you feel like you're part of it and the, the guns and the aim and everything is just way more intuitive than it's ever been at any point. You can choose between first person and third person depending on what your preferred gameplay method is. You can be stealthy or you can just go in and you can run and gun and destroy things. You can use a tranquilizer pistol to take people out. You can use a sniper rifle from afar. You can run up to someone and shove a grenade launcher down their throat if you particularly want to and it's awesome and yes, Konami are mean and horrible and this is their last genuine master so you should select it <laughs> right with that incredible impassioned argument out of the way that was so much better than I had ever hoped these impassioned arguments would be the bar is set Brian McNamara you stand oiling down the shoulders of Geralt of Rivia there ready to make your last offence this, the... this is the this is the I just want to stick on here just a live recording in the marketing and why me let play for three minutes and then ask you for the points this is this is the uh this is the rock you're going to die on so make it a good one brother brian your defense of why um witcher 3 wild hunt is game of the year 2015 see a lot of the problem here is that a lot of things that jack had to say about metal gear solid to me i was listening to him and what he was describing was the witcher but with guns and the 80s instead of like magic and monsters and swords and that so you know it's it's a tricky one and kind of as i listened <laughs> to him i realized he was kind of we're kind of talking about it in a lot of respects gameplay elements 
you know, that are that we both clearly seem to love that just haven't been in two different games. You know, um apart from the horse, obviously the horse is amazing in Metal Gear, but shit in uh Witcher. Um That is your tiebreaker. <laughs> yeah, probably the horse is probably the tiebreaker, and you know, which is I think I joked with you earlier today, like which is more sexually degrading, quiet or um, you know, the prostitutes in Witcher. It's a tricky one. Um, yeah, I, I carefully didn't mention quiet. Yeah, like, I mean, Witcher is also part of a franchise in the way Metal Gear is. It's obviously not a franchise that's as beloved considering I haven't played either the other two and neither, I think, of most people. In a lot, um, I think it's just, it's a game that is so addictively immersive, apart from looking utterly incredible. Now, I know it got knocked out of our best-looking games category because of glitching issues, I don't know if there are glitching issues in Metal Gear, but like it is, the scenery is breathtaking when the skyboxes fill in on time. Um, the combat is intuitive and flowing uh, and immersive and intense with multiple enemies and parrying and the variety of using... See, I'm, now I'm starting to echo Jack here if I talk about signs and bombs and dive rolling and like there are the RPG elements of, you know, crafting weapons and armor, modding weapons and armor, you know, using rune stones and glyphs, um, interacting. Like I mean, the story is just so hooked me in and kept me playing. Like I'm on my second playthrough of the game, uh, on the new game plus specifically to, to get to, to play the new expansion, the Hearts of Stone, and there's more to come in the blood and wine expansion pack and it's a game that kind of keeps on giving in a sense if you look at the amount of patches free dlc um and extras that came from cosmetic to missions and quests to the full big expansion packs that are coming for it all included in the dlc like um it is an absolute selfish choice for one i mean the only reason i suppose in a sense that i'm you know, confidently back in The Witchers because I haven't played Metal Gear. You know, I will eventually get around to it, I imagine, and given what I understand has changed, but from what I didn't like about the series so far, I imagine I would quite love it and be in a horrible position of picking between the two, like Dave is now. Um, but yeah, that's really kind of everything I got to say. Pretty much everything Jack said, but with swords instead of guns. And um, look, I apologize for Roach, but you know. Um, at this point, I would like to offer uh, the opportunity, if anyone would like to take it up on, to do uh, a cross-examination and, um, shall we say, criticise the other person's game or uh, from either some experience they've had or something they've heard about it that, might, that you might want to remind me about before I make my final decision. Would anyone like to take that opportunity? If you pick Metal Gear, you're technically not handing any of the award to Hideo Kojima. You're awarded Konami <laughs> because Kojima didn't get to keep the right side of that shit, man. <laughs> so, you know, if you want to if you want to cast a vote for Konami there, Dave, like, go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, that's dear. weak sauce. I take that back. I take that back. Um, I didn't want to. I didn't want to say anything bad about the Witcher. I was quite happy to let you. Uh... I just wanted to get in the bit, get in the dig about Konami. Um, no, um, I take it, I take it back. Like I can't criticize a game I haven't played, uh, for a franchise that's clearly hugely beloved. All I can say is really, um, you know, considering there's only one person in the three of us who's played both games, Dave, not up and pick, man. <laughs> Thanks. It's got a good point. Thanks, friend. I appreciate that. 
Right. From my point of view, before I make my final evaluation, if I were to talk about the... Uh, Jack, can you get a drum roll sound effect the, the on down, that? The downsides of both games first. Hang about. Um, downsides of The Witcher. We've talked about the glitching and frame rate issues. We have talked... Um, what else is there? The horse. The, the fucking horse. I've, <laughs> it, ju- I've just lost it there for myself. <laughs> It's gonna be it's gonna be a while, Jack. So I wouldn't keep that drum roll going. It's gonna get tedious. That <laughs> going, that going. No, it's talk. it's gonna take a while. I wouldn't. Oh yeah, it's a long drum roll. It's ten minutes. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> um, no, the horse. Yeah, the the horse is a constant thorn in my side. Uh, in that game. Um, what else could I? Um, ten minutes. The fact that the main character is called Gavrot. <laughs> yeah, Gerald. Um... Gerald? Is that <laughs> how it's pronounced? No, it's not Gerald, but sometimes I call him Gerald. Gerald. Um, and then if I were to move on to, I might think of something else, but if I were to move on to Metal Gear. Uh... That's a candy ass name. The, <laughs> ma- the, the main character is fucking boss in Metal Gear Solid. Just in fairness, no, not just boss, big boss. Big boss. Or if you want to, well, you know. As someone who has no emotional investment in the series, all the names on Metal Gear are stupid. Excuse me, are you saying Punished Venom Snake is a stupid name? Yes, it sounds or... like a name come up by a nine-year-old. <laughs> Brian, are you... Sniper Wolf. That's what a... cool. What about Revolver Shalashaska Ocelot? <laughs> yeah, dude. Look, look, I realise that... Battling here... Jack Murdoch? Oh, wait, no, that's dead. <laughs> <laughs> look, I'm not saying that the names in the writer are any better with Yennefer and Geralt. Not just Yennefer, Yennefer Avengerberg, which sounds like a tongue twister. I'm Yennefer Wengerberg. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, anything with Wenger in it is out the door for me. <laughs> Wait. Wenger <laughs> <But the> boys. <laughs> Especially the Wenger boys. They can get on their Wenger bus and they can drive it. <laughs> they get their Wenger bus and fuck off. No, um, just drive that shit. Just keep driving. Um, the stuff that's been done to Metal Gear post release, like I said, with the forward operating bases and stuff, has left a bit of a sour taste in some people's mouths. Uh, which I can definitely get on board with, and the kind of um, the very marmite response to the game's end, where some people really like it, some people really, really don't like it, um, would be the big marks against it, and also quiet. Quiet is the only. Yeah, I I feel like if you just bought the game out of the box and you played it, it's probably fine. But quiet. You can't really legitimize. Quiet is the one thing that's utterly indefensible about the game. Uh, Much like I think the the hitching and glitches and the fucking horse are the things that are indefensible about The Witcher. You're equating an objectified woman to a horse. No, I'm not. (laughs) Let's not not do this. (laughs) Um, So I suppose the, the time has come for me to pick the game of the year. Do the oh, drum roll now, Jack. Oh, this is I, the worst. I, I can't. It's ten minutes long. <laughs> I don't know where it ends. <laughs> this is this is utterly the worst. Um, so, uh, I just want to say before I do this that both games are like we have really been spoiled in 2015 for games. The fact that we have over a dozen games, most of which were genuine competitors for this, even though I did expect it would come down to these two. Uh, really talk really shows a lot uh what a great year it's been for games um 
and the fact that the two games it's come down to are two of the better games of quite like it this could be the best games of the decade so far and it might well come down to these two games you know what i mean um so as the as the person designated to make the tiebreaker as i have played the most of both games hang on i will therefore i have a feeling this is drowning me out because it's quite loud no you're you're cutting it off oh am i yeah um right that one was nine seconds (laughs) my that's what she said i then feel the need to award game of the year 2015 from link to the cast to witcher 3 wild hunt you're dead to me (laughs) witcher please do you know what one of the before i award oh by the way we need to do the trumpet Game of right. game no, of the no, year. No, no, you need to announce it though. You need to you need to regally announce okay. it. Like you did in the previous times. Okay. The game of the year 2015 is The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Before I get into that party, forget it there. I don't know no, that, was... Big um, that was a longer version. <laughs> I'm saving it for Game of the Year. <laughs> One of the things that uh, almost swayed me to go, because it was like, honestly, if I were to give a percentage, it's like, it's, you know, 55 45, really. Um, one of the things that very much tempted me to uh, award to Metal Gear Solid was to troll Mark. Um,. <laughs> <laughs> because he would be absolutely disgusted. There's no way, Brian, by the way, we would have gotten this far with Metal Gear Solid if Mark was here. <laughs> uh, Mark has, uh, would you describe uh, an almost unparalleled disdain for Metal Gear Solid, Jack? Yeah, I think so. I, like, I, I just He hates what he doesn't understand. Yeah, Mark has a disdain for a lot of things, but Metal Gear Solid is right up the list for him. Um, he has a particular dislike and I can't imagine we would have gotten that game past Mario Maker for sure um, yeah that would have been a that would have been a fight um, that yeah it would have been bloody there would have been people not speaking to each other by the end of it um, I, I've got but, to say though of all the points that you came up with I actually thought McNamara's point about giving it to a Konami game after we voted yeah, the entire company the most inept thing in 2015 <laughs> is actually probably the king among points that were made. It is that that was pretty solid as well. That was uh, the the second place reason for. Uh, no, the, it felt like a low blow. Um, you know. Uh, yeah, but sometimes you gotta take a low blow. <laughs> you just have to. <laughs> like I mean, you know, on the one hand, the yeah, A for the Witcher winning despite my shitty debating skills, but like, again, no, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> uh... Can we change it back to Metal Gear now, please? <laughs> yeah, you've lost by disqualification. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so that that's our, our game of the year, uh, twenty fifteen, is Witcher Three: Wild Hunt. Uh, it's been. Uh, it's been emotional, guys. It's been a, a long enough podcast. We're clocking in between the two parts of the show because I will be splitting it in two at three hours and 18 minutes uh, since we started this podcast. Uh, so it has been emotional. It has been tiring. 
Uh, myself and Brian. Bed myself and Brian, who were originally planning on making a nice home cooked and at least reasonably uh, healthy dinner, uh, that's now out the window, and a takeaway is going to be called immediately upon uh, ending this recording. Dale, uh, I have my order already keyed into just eat. I'm just waiting for you to tell me what you want, and then I'll set it off. <laughs> Excellent. Right. Well, so once we're done here, that's immediately what I'll do before we hang up Skype. Where um, are you ordering from? Uh, I'll have a, I'll have a pizza. <laughs> I don't care where you're ordering from. <laughs> <laughs> that's grand i think that place does pizza brian doesn't it chicken america yeah Chick- chicken but they're not sponsoring us brian don't mention them <laughs> if they want to fucking throw us a couple of quid or a free takeaway then we'll mention them all they want well, we chicken have to let them know that we're willing to do that first which we just did yeah put it in the uh the additional notes on the takeaway there on just eat um <laughs> anyway um so i want to thank you guys for your participation in the podcast uh throughout 2015 and many more podcasts uh, from here on out I know Jack is going to make money as our uh, sports game correspondent uh, as a fr- as an official friend of the show as the Roman Reigns of the podcast and considering there are several more Metal Gear games that are going into the book club feature uh, I this will not be the last we hear from you unless you are uh, that upset with Brian winning that you don't want to come back no not at all I like him he's got a nice beard <laughs> you did say on our last recording that his facial hair was impeccable which yeah I, I, it's strong oh, you <laughs> i don't think the smile came off his face for several days at that nope. <laughs> sucker for a compliment is our brian uh and of course brian i want to thank you for stepping into the breach when uh that that cur that uh rapscallion robinson Fire. went off gallivanting around the orient uh leaving us here to uh, holding the bag on the podcast uh, and hopefully he'll be back uh sooner than you'd think um to join us here so i suppose from link to the cast for 2015 i killed him he's dead (laughs) oh no he's actually just been in his house this whole time playing rocket league you mean just like that episode of teachers (laughs) yeah except 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 he's really dead that's a deep cut (laughs) (laughs) much like the deep cuts you probably gave him before you killed him anyway so from us and from link to the cast for 2015 um i've been dame ryan uh you have been jack lazell uh, allegedly and you have been Brian McNamara I have apparently so bye everyone bye